Never ignore the great pod of whales casting out the song of better buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, it's John! Hi! John, I noticed you took away the, the fun little emojis after your name, what, what ha- or before your name. What happened? That was my recommendation for last time I was on the show. Ah, yes. Yes, it was. A new week. We're gonna have to, have to find some new emojis. New first... week, new me, new emojis. <laughs> <laughs> but first, our Better Buddies icebreaker. How much do you treasure handwritten notes and paper flowers? Um, it's been a while since I would have received one of these. Um, I would probably, it, it depends who it's from, I suppose. Fair. I always feel bad when I'm like throwing up birthday cards and stuff, but like, I don't need to keep them, you know? Yeah. For me, it depends on how much is written there, or, like, mm. what, I, what I remember about it, right? Because, like, one of my earliest birthdays that I celebrated with Calvin, he wrote hand-wrote, like, a, a card in um, Arabesh, I think it's, it's pronounced, the, the basic in mm-hmm. Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I still have that card, because it's nothing that special, but it's like, oh, this is one of the first, like, celebrations. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, that's I, really cool. Yeah. Uh, and then for, like, all the major holidays, my grandma sends me cards, and I save most of them. I, I'm i not a good grandson. I don't reply to them. But she writes <laughs> nice, pretty decent notes on them, so, like, I save them and treasure them. Yeah, I, I end up throwing most cards away. Um, They don't oh, usually have a ton written on them. On the other hand, I have a bunch of letters from my high school girlfriend in my closet back at my parents' house that I haven't got rid of. That's okay. But that is probably more of a function of me not living there in seven years. <laughs> yeah. Versus sentimental value. But. So, mm. I want to throw something out there then to see if you're interested. There is a yes. one-page RPG called The Machine. And mm-hmm. you, like... To make your character, you pick three traits, and you start working to build the machine. And you do your roles and, and things on your own, and you journal out your successes and your failures and what you're doing to try and build the machine. But eventually, you will die or succumb to madness. And then it all gets bundled up and passed on to the next person. And so you make a new character, but you but the first three traits the first character used are crossed out. Can't use those traits. And you continue going until you run out of traits for a character. And I'm thinking, I kind of want to do this, but I want to get enough people involved to actually, like, have this journal and mail it back and forth with people as they, like, pick it up, pick up the game and keep going. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. You just receive it in the mail. That's really cool. I'd be down to do one character stint. Awesome. At least. Because I figured, like... (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I figured, like... I get you, James, Eli, maybe a couple other people who might be invo- interested, and then like compile it together and put it like 
type up everyone's writings so that everyone could see what, like, everybody wrote. Yeah, that would be really cool. Good to know. Cool. How do you feel about paper flowers? Just to address that part of the icebreaker. I am honestly unsure if I've ever received a paper flower. Fair. Have uh, you? Um, I don't think so. But this is just a question I stole off Reddit, so. <laughs> Not enough data to make analysis. <laughs> I know, I think I, would in- I think I would enjoy it if I received a real flower, so I think I would enjoy it if I received a paper flower, but I don't know how much I would treasure it. I would probably keep that around for a while, to be honest. Because it's a nice decoration. It doesn't go bad like real flowers. True. So, uh, yeah. 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 Our next segment, Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. I'll, I'll start. I'll start just to show off how how poor of a choice mine is. So this morning, uh, James messaged me, uh, basically saying, like, hey, this is kind of the blue, but I heard about this song and thought, you, like, it fit you, really, fit you, fit me, RJ, really well. And the song is by the band Wind Rose. Have you heard of Wind Rose? I don't believe so. As far as I can figure, they are a rock band themed around fantasy slash dwarves. Oh... And the song is Diggy Diggy Hole. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know the origins of that song? (laughs) That's originally Yogg's cast, right? Correct. Okay. Based on a joke from... Their song is from eight years ago, and it's based on a joke from 2011. (laughs) Hell yeah. James had no knowledge of this. He just thought it was a cool (laughs) rock song. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> now, the next thing is, the song slaps. Ooh, like, this okay. rock, dwarf rock cover band version of it. Like, the original song, the original joke is uh, Earworm. The song they made off the joke is pretty good, actually, with like some pretty good anima- like cartoony animation to go with it. This song is like what you expect it to be with, like, the full skills of a set of bards behind it. Okay. I'm bringing it up now. They're on Spotify. Again, the band is Windrose. And they have just entire albums of... Um, Wikipedia describes them as power metal. There you go. Their uh, 2019 album, Winter Saga, 2022, Warfront, 2017 is Stone Him. Their singles from 2022 include Fellows of the Hammer, Together We Rise, Gates of Ekrund. They also have a dance remix of Diggy Diggy Hole from 2020. (laughs) And their latest release is Son of a Thousand Nights. So, uh, Dwarf Rock, get with it. Get with it, kids. It's here to stay. It's also been stuck in my head since I listened to it at like 8 this morning. (laughs) 
I mean, it's a catchy song to begin with, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> this is pretty good. <laughs> I like the music video on YouTube. Oh, the original one? Yeah. Yeah. It, it has a really cute animation. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Oh, Sorry, the Wild Rose, the Wind Rose oh, music you. video. They're like forging stuff. And oh, see, all I didn't realize up. there was like a full music video. I just got like the somebody posted the song with the the album cover. Mm. <laughs> Orphan metal. <laughs> Ice. Um. I had a recommendation, but after seeing this music video, I have opted for something else. Oh. Have you ever seen the, um, I believe it used to be a History Channel show, but now it's wherever, uh, Forged in Fire? I've seen some of their stuff. Are they the people who do, like, cosplay swords? No, 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 no. So, um... Oh, is that Man at Arms? Like this... It might be Man at Arms. Yeah, I think I'm thinking of Man at Arms. What's Forged in Fire? Um, so it's this competition show where they bring in, like, different blacksmiths mm. of varying professions. They just give them complete junk to, like, start with. And then their task is to forge it into a knife. Oh. Um, first round is, like, how good of a blade can you get? Just okay. in general, like, how strong is it? Um, second round, they put a handle on it. And then there's, like, a cutting test or, like, a, how well does the edge hold up? Stuff like that. And then the third round, they get to go home for five days and make a knife in their home forge. Oh. And then bring it back to run through some more tests. So, like, that's the format of every episode, but the judges are hilarious. Okay. Um, it's like, make a sor make a knife out of this bag of old golf clubs. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Huh. Great fun. Great fun to watch with your bros. It's a bro show. Is that on Netflix? Is it? I thought I feel like I've seen like ads for it on Netflix. Is Forged in Fire on Netflix? <gasps> it is, is it? isn't it? Is it? That changes everything. Wait, I'm getting, I'm getting mixed signals here. It looks like it's on Hulu. But it also looks like Sorry. it's on Netflix. Season 8 is on... Wait. Is Forge and Fire available? It looks Sorry, like yes listeners, on Netflix. Sorry listeners, this is important. <laughs> the, when I searched Forged and Fire on Netflix, the first thing that came up was Netflix.com slash title. Forged and Fire 2015, two seasons. So it might only... Oh, wait. It might only have, like... Wait. Two seasons of the show? Season 1, 2, 3, 6, and 8 are on Hulu. Well, season is... 7 is on Netflix. Okay. Well, there seems to be some rights disputes. Um, that's 4, fun. 5, and 7 are not on Hulu, but that's okay. Um, so yeah, highly recommend. Season 8 They're is on also Hulu. on Netflix, though. Far be it from me to understand where all the History Channel shows are these days. Uh, I can actually tell you, they're on Discovery. Alright. 
Uh, what a time we live in. Man, fuck these streaming wars. <laughs> and we knew. We all knew back in 2012 when this all started that this would happen. Did we? I didn't. <laughs> well, I we, like, you we, we didn't like know because we were, <laughs> we were pretty young, but people knew. They're like, it's just going to be like cable again where they have all the packages. Like, Yeah. Anyway, I think I'm going to watch some Forged and Fire later. <laughs> oh, I think I will too. The thing with the streaming wars right now for me isn't necessarily that there's a lot of them. Like, a lot of them is annoying. The thing that's annoying for me is that everybody felt like they had to make their own instantly with whatever limited catalog they had. I can get Disney making one. Disney's got a bajillion things. It makes sense. I can see maybe Warner Bros. put something together. Because it's one of the titans. It's it's like the rival to Disney. Okay, fine. Why did Peacock need one? Or why, why did ABC need one? Like, NBC need one? NBC used to be Hulu, and then Disney bought Hulu. So that's yeah. why they needed one. <laughs> but, like... With... I, I just... Uh, I mean, this didn't all happen instantly, either. No. Like, most of them are were created within the last four years. And I think that's what really gets to me, is that, like, most of them weren't around, and it was fine. Yeah, there was a little bit of diversity in the pool. I couldn't get everything I wanted with just Netflix. But I got enough of what I wanted where I was happy with Netflix. It was fine. And people were happy with Hulu, and they were fine. And some people got both, and it was fine. But who in the world is getting the Discovery streaming service unless they really want to watch House Hunters or Food Network? Is it bundled with HBO now? It might be. I know be. they were doing a merger. Oh, fuck that merger. Yeah, that killed a lot of cartoons. Well, and part of the problem is ever, anything that gets written off as, like, for tax, whatever, is dysfunctionally destroyed. They can't distribute it. Mm -hmm. Again. Yay! Because there we was live one in a dystopia. Uh, did you hear of Final Space? Um, I don't think so. Final Space was an animated cartoon, like adult cartoon, by a guy who started off on YouTube. I don't remember exactly what he was, but he started this cartoon. Like he got he got the cartoon. He was big. He was a showrunner. It was exactly what he wanted, and he was close to, like, wrapping it up. And it was one of those ones, like, I'd gotten advertisements for it. I hadn't watched it, but I was kind of always like, eh, maybe I'll get around to it. And it was one of the ones that got written off. He's just like, yeah, I can't. It's dead. It's, there's nothing, nothing we can, can do. do about it. Yeah. And it's like, damn. Wanted to see that. It looks like three seasons made it out. Yeah. And you can rent it on YouTube. Hey. Hey. So that's something. That's something. They can at least go watch the... Watch the OG first three. Olin Rogers. What did Olin Rogers do? He's the guy. He's the guy. Olin Rogers, an American comedian. Oh. Wait, I think I remember some of his YouTube stuff. 
Okay, you can only buy four episodes from season three. Okay, that's not. <laughs> oh. That's not great. <laughs> Sorry, Olin. Um, balloon shop? Yeah. I... Um, he was a guy who would tell stories, it looks like. Like, his, he was very good at telling story, like, little daily stories that happened to him were very like, expressive because I think the, I think the one I remember is uh, Ghost in the Stall story I don't know if it's originally his but he tells a story about a guy who's like oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I know that one <laughs> oh that guy yeah that guy created Final Space oh okay Yeah. That's my secondary media recommendation. I feel like we should explain that quick. Because isn't nope. the gist of it that the guy's in the stall, pretends to be a ghost, and, like, the guy in the stall next to him keeps, like, trying to check, and he keeps just, like, pulling his feet up so he can't see the feet and all that stuff, and convinces a dude there's a ghost in the bathroom? Pretty much, yeah. And, like, at one point, <laughs> switches stalls. <laughs> Noise. Noise. Bringing out our inner uh, 15-year-olds. Oh, man. I am living 15-year-old me's best life, but I hope to never meet him again. <laughs> it's my life, 15-year-old RJ. You can't have it. Can't have it. That's okay. He didn't. He didn't work for it. No, he didn't. <laughs> present day RJ did has earned it do you ever think back on yourself and like what you were really like and like do that litmus test of like how much have I changed I surprisingly don't remember much about myself when I was younger I know I'm definitely different having gone through college and the early years of full adulthood. Yeah. But I'm not exactly sure in which ways. <laughs> I know I'm a lot more chill. I think that can be said. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't not chill. Mm, I was a pretty angry young man. <laughs> yes. You weren't, like, anxious or anything, but you could get angry for sure. Yeah. Huh. But I'm not positive character growth. We love Ooh. to see it. We do love to see it. We love For positive each and character every one growth. Of us. We if you don't struggle, you don't improve. Magikarp turning into a Gyarados. <laughs> Magikarp jump. Magikarp make the jump. Send it to the moon. I've spent never played that game. Oh, the the like app? Yeah. I played it for a little bit. It was pretty fun. Yes. What were you saying? Sorry. Uh, I was gonna say, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Emerald over the last few days. Like, just on my phone. 
mm-hmm. with a. Uh, I've been doing an all water team. I'm let Nintendo hear you. <laughs> oh God! Did you see that news article about the like they hate Nuzlocke? Do they? They consider Nuzlocke the equivalent of running a ROM. Why? I don't know, but some like some insider like working at the company or something like. I don't know, I think it was part of, like, an internal, like, hey, let's have, like, an internal competition just for funsies, like, have a fun thing. And they're like, oh, what if what if we did a Nuzlocke? And the higher-ups were like, no. We don't do that here. We don't. Well, I could see why they wouldn't be fans of it, but... Because it's like... This is our fun, whimsical game. Oh, wait, your Pokemon is dead. <laughs> yeah, and, like, that was their reasoning, but they, as I remember the article, it was equated to, it, they, the disdain, they, they equated it to running a ROM of, like, the level of disrespect to the game. Gotcha. I mean, that's what you're doing on your phone. True. But, uh, at least it's not a Nuzlocke, right? <laughs> What if it was both? It was Kit and Krista that said that? Wow. Who's that? The former host of the Nintendo Minute. Oh, yeah. Huh? Yep. But, uh, All water seems very viable in Emerald. It actually is. Between Swampert's uh, groundwater combo, Sharpedo's crunch, and uh Wingull or Pelipper's uh fly. We're doing pretty good against the Elite Four right now. <laughs> and all of the other good flying water moves Pelipper can learn. <laughs> yeah. I think honestly the the two like slow go the two the two like weak links right now are uh Ludicolo. Just because Fun fact, Ludicolo doesn't learn any grass, like, hardly any grass-type moves. Don't you disrespect my boy. Hey, your boy was, your boy's, like, medium good mid-game. Like, he's good (laughs) mid-game. Your boy was good mid-game, and then we started hitting end-game, and he still wasn't learning any grass-type moves. I was still working off Absorb. And I was like, alright. Finally found Giga Drain, which is helping. But I was, like, waiting to level him up till he got through all the Lombre moves. I evolved him. And I was like, oh, he can learn Razor Leaf? Like, let's go try and learn Razor Leaf. And I went to the Move Tutor, and it's like, no. You can only learn, relearn moves you had the original opportunity to learn. And so, wait, is Razor Leaf an egg move then? or Yeah. Okay. I was like, really? You're gonna do this to me? You're gonna. I don't even see Lotad in the laser or in the Razor Leaf pool. I'm looking at Bulbapedia. Um, the other one right now is uh, Azumarill. Was okay. rollout was real good in early and mid game. Late game, it's just struggling against the Elite Four because so much of the early Elite Four stuff is the like, we're gonna confuse you and do double team a bajillion times, so you can never get any moves off on us. <laughs> You just gotta get a, um, um, that electric water one. That's like a... Lantern? Yeah, get a lantern, teach it shockwave. Actually, my, uh, Pelipper knows shockwave. 
Oh. Yeah. And Aerial Ace. Uh, so. I actually kept Wing Attack. Wing Attack is stronger than Aerial Ace. But Aerial Ace always hits. True, but if I get my Wing Attack off early enough and play the numbers game, it'll one-hit them. Fair. And I got a... I wish I still liked Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can. It's not too late. I could make the choice to like Pokemon. <laughs> Did you ever play Arceus? Yeah. What'd you think? I thought it was fun. Yeah. I was done with it by the end of the main story. I know there's a lot of like post-story content, but I just didn't do any of it. That's okay. I haven't done most of it. Because a lot of the like post-story content is like finishing out the decks if you haven't, and then a bunch of like their little like fighting arena missions. There's like yeah. a bunch of those to do, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't need to do those. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the battle system, but mm. like all the catching mechanics and stuff were fun, and the resource gathering, and I guess the crafting. <laughs> yeah, I didn't and mind the battle 12, system. <laughs> paying twelve billion dollars for bag upgrades. Yeah, that was a little excessive. <laughs> Little excessive, because I don't think it's actually possible to get the last one. Or if it is, you need too much money. <laughs> you need help. <laughs> if you're seriously considering going for it. Yeah. Because, like, it expo it's exponential per slot. Mm -hmm. So, you're very quickly going, like you said, 12 million or whatever. No. Nope. I have been yeah. thinking about, um, there is a third-party company that sells basically, like, little $70 consoles that play Game Boy games. Mm. And I've been thinking about getting a Game Boy Advance one so I can play my Pokemon on the TV. Well, you just gotta, you just gotta go get a Nintendo GameCube with the Game Boy Advance adapter and a Game Boy Advance cartridge. Okay. Counterpoint, that's going to be like 500 plus dollars considering the rate GameCubes go for due to I, fucking I, brawl tournaments. Melee. Melee, yes. whatever. I actually just sold a GameCube. How um, much did you sell it for? 50 bucks. <laughs> wow, they got a deal. They did, but I was looking to get rid of it. I should have donated it to a local Smash circuit or something, but whatever. Eh. I just wanted it gone. Fair. I have a Wii to play my GameCube games. <laughs> there you go. Um, that Game Boy product, is it like all ROMs? No. Uh, assumedly, right? No, it's plug and play. Like, you actually have to have the cartridges. Oh, so it's just a Game Boy it's Advance. It's just the hardware. You gotta have the, game, the games, plug the game into the console, and it whoop, puts it on the TV. Okay. Do you still have the um, all your cartridges? Yeah. I was a fool and sold most of them. Yeah, I haven't... I've stopped selling any physical media. Yeah, that's probably fair. I, I and I, In fact, I continue to purchase more DVDs. <laughs> I'm going to be one of those maniacs with, like, a DVD wall. Nice. Hey, you got some bookshelves for it. True. But, uh, that's, that's what Streaming Wars has done to me, to loop it back around. Like, 
it's all diversified out and it's a pain in the ass to get stuff and as much as as much fun as it is to be a pirate it's also kind of a pain in the ass to be a pirate so <laughs> so it's nice to just have it yep that's why i bought the dark knight trilogy i'm like these movies are good i will want to watch them again someday and i won't want to rent the dark knight rises for 10 bucks off of youtube again so i'm gonna buy it for 10 bucks now Oh, that was probably one of my best deals. I was at a, uh, oh god, about a year ago, I was at a Goodwill, and somebody must have, like, turned in their DVD collection. I got the Big Lebowski, the entire Dark Knight trilogy, uh, Casablanca, all for, like, five bucks. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, maybe, that, maybe it was, like, that's 10, up there. <laughs> yeah. Just an absolute steal. Yeah. Whew. Have you have you ever heard of the store Mojo's? Mojo, what, what's Mojo's? It's like a, um, it's like a used game store, but they also have like DVDs and vinyls and comics hmm. and, um, but recently that's where I bought the Dark Knight trilogy. I also picked up Guitar Hero two and three for the PlayStation two. Nice. And a um, that's where I got that ocarina. I sent you guys a picture of. Nice. So, good store. Highly recommend. <laughs> Is it like a local place or a chain? Uh, it was in the mall hmm. near me. Alright. I believe it's a chain, but of course, with used media, stock's gonna vary. True. Yeah. But yeah, they had like PlayStation 2 stuff, Xbox 360 stuff, Nintendo 64 stuff, hmm. Wii's, 3DS's. There used to be a uh, used game store in my town, but it died with the pandemic. That's sad. Yeah, we went in there once to buy a Xbox controller. Nice. The only time when uh, James Calvin and I were all living in the same town, we did split screen on Halo. Because they had the two Xboxes. So we went, picked up another controller, and had like 3v3 split screen Halo. And, like, they had the two, t they had, like, the two TVs on the two ends of the room, but flipped so they weren't facing each other. So you couldn't see what the other people were doing, but you could see the gamers. <laughs> it was pretty cool. It's Green Beacon. That, yeah. Those were the days, man. You can't do that anymore. Nah. Especially not after Infinite canceled fucking couch co-op. Yeah. God. Yeah. Look, I I'm replaying Infinite right in now. Three, four, three. I got it. I got yeah. even Infinite credit. It on my second playthrough. I'm playing on easy just to like play through it. So like, I'm not playing for a challenge, but story wise and feel wise, it does feel very Halo to me. But that's yeah. the story in particular is only Halo e taken in isolation bubble. Because it's so disconnected from everything that came before in terms of, like, how do we get from 5 to this? Mm-hmm. But, overall, they did good with it until they did the fucking armor customization the way they did, and the battle pass shit, and the we're getting rid of couch co-op after we said we'd do it, and the, and the, and the, and the. So I was like, guys, focus up. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. Like, we were all excited for that game for... It took six years to come out after yeah. five. 
And I just kind of dropped the ball. Campaign's fun. Stories, whatever. <laughs> I like it well enough. I like the individualized story well enough. If I just don't think too hard about the fact that they're like, oh, we need a new big vast enemy that's uh, better, worse than the Flood, so we're going with the Endless. Uh, yep. Nope. Don't, yeah, don't we'll think see about how it. that plays out when they release a DLC in five years. Oh, uh, they won't. They're going to release a comic book miniseries no one's going to hear about that actually handles the problem. Oh, okay. Cool. That's what happened to, uh, that's what happened to uh, the guy from Halo 4. The guy? The, the, the villain in Halo 4. The Didact, yeah. The Didact was killed off screen in a, in a comic that they released. Right. And then in the opening of Halo 5, nobody knows who Jewel Lib Naba is. Yeah. Unless you read the books. <laughs> yep. Which, like... I don't know. I, I share the opinion with many that you shouldn't need to read the books to understand what's going on in the games. But the books are good. Yeah. I like them a lot. I've read most of them. I need to go read some of them. Like, I want to go read the ODST ones. Because... Yeah. The Buck's whole, like, little fire team has a whole story after ODST. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read both of those. Um, you'll be extremely upset about one one detail, but <laughs> maybe one? maybe a few details. Because I, I know the general gist. Uh, you know what happens to Rookie? Doesn't he die? I guess you'll find out. Oh, well, <laughs> okay. But yeah, he dies pretty early in the first book. Yeah. And then one of them turns out to be a rebel sympathizer and, like, turns on everybody. Yeah, that's Mickey. Yeah. So, But they're all Spartan Force. Well, that's why uh, that's why Buck's on the fire team, but not fire team leader in Halo 5, is the shit that went down in the novels. Right. He doesn't want to lead anymore. And then he's convinced to lead again. And then he does. And that's all we hear of that. Yay. Oh, yeah, that's another thing, like, that whole team came out of nowhere, Locke came out of nowhere. Yeah. See, now I wish we'd gotten more of, like, Locke and, um, who was the captain? Not Palmer. Yeah. Palmer was the Spartan leader. Um, oh, Lasky? Lasky. I love Lasky. Give me more Lasky. All we get in Infinite of Lasky is they escort him off the ship and question mark. Lasky, No. I'm sure he'll show up in a DLC someday, too. He better. Also, it's not confirmed, but theorized that um, Locke is dead. Because really? one of the, uh, one of the like, armor helmets that you can find, like, destroyed in one of the boss fights in right. Infinite is his. Or looks a lot right. like his. Huh. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> So I was like, hmm. <laughs> you really did that did that to my boy Luke Cage, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's kind of a shame because like the gameplay mechanics are really fun in five. And yeah. also in Infinite. I, I don't like how I kinda don't like how unique the guns are. Hmm. Cause in the older games it felt like you could you could make it work with whatever. But now it's like, these are extremely situational. Yeah. I've been uh, in the... I'm playing on easy. Again, it, 
But uh, I've been using the uh, what's the like new like little shotgun pistol thing? The mangler. Yeah, the mangler. I've been using the mangler almost exclusively. Yes, the mangler is very good, especially I've, in campaign. I've also spent most of my time just grappling onto people and bashing them to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot I had that power up for most of the campaign. Oh, I don't even use the power up part. I just melee them as I fly into them. Ah. Okay. Hmm, maybe I should play Infinite again. Alright. Do we want to uh, do our next segment? How to be a better buddy? Uh, We skipped rewrite, although we kind of just talked about... I I think we did enough to talk about Halo to... to This is what I would do to fix it. I would have no idea. Very glad it's not my problem. (laughs) I would... You know what I would do? I'd release a DLC. It is the mission before the fight sequence at the beginning. Because at the beginning you're in the hangar and you get your ass kicked and the guy throws you off the ship. Yeah. What is the fight to get to the hangar? And oh, okay. have Lasky there. Have, like, you run into Locke and he's taken uh, some soldiers down another tube to, like, fight off an invasion in another corridor to show, like, oh no, he's active. And, like, where's Commander Palmer? She's pretty important, but she hasn't been really mentioned. What's she right. doing? Where's Roland, the AI? He was good. We like Roland. <laughs> Where are they, all these characters you wanted me to care about? <laughs> yeah. Maybe Roland and Palmer have been lying low with a group of troops on the far side of the ring. And they just don't know you're there. I, they might explain what happens to Roland in the books. I hope so. They might. Because that's the... that's Roland is my ideal AI. Independent, but is a good, generally a good guy. Uh... Hmm. I'm looking at Halopedia. I also forgot that the ship in the beginning is, like, the Infinity. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah, they destroyed the Infinity, which, like, has an internal jogging track. It's got a park. (laughs) It's pretty big. I think it's it's either a kilometer or ten kilometers long. The UNSC Infinity um, is 5,694.2 meters. 5.7 Mm, 5.7 kilometers long. That's pretty big. 18,000 feet. And it is 2,700 the... feet wide. <laughs> I love the cutscene where it just comes out of subspace and plows through a Covenant carrier. Yeah. I think that's in Halo 4. What? 17,000 personnel. Uh, oh, 18,000 personnel, not including Spartans. And late 2559 has 7,000 personnel. Last sighted in 2559. Okay. I guess we don't find out what happens to him. He does marry Buck and Dare, though. Yes. Which I also appreciated that, that they were like, eh, 
You're cool enough for that. We're good with it. We'll let the robot do it. They treat him as people, and that's really all that matters. <laughs> if it acts like a person, it's probably a person. Oh, Unless boy. it is the thing. In which case, it's not a dog. Kill it. You haven't seen the movie The Thing, have you? No, I don't believe so. I haven't either. All I know is that in the beginning there's a like scientist from another country yelling something in his native tongue at the American scientists. And what he's yelling is, it's not a dog, it's not a dog. When they take in the dog, that turns out to be the monster that's killing everyone. Oh. <laughs> yep. Oh. Alright, so there's there's a rework rewrite, a little bit of one. Maybe we can flush it out in a, at a later time. How to be a better buddy, where we give some real and some humorous advice. Our first question this week. What makes women want to post the location of themselves on a date with a man on social media? With further details, they're putting us in danger by doing that. I would like some background or i would like some elaboration on why that is the there's the asker's thought yeah uh, my my first response is going to be uh question asker it's not about you in the way that you think it is <laughs> you are the danger <laughs> the potential the, danger the biggest scariest thing in that room is you It's, you know, it's a stranger. You're taking a big risk meeting a stranger. Yeah. So, I definitely understand the desire to post a location. I, I don't understand how that's putting them in danger. Like, the two of them as a pair. Like, is this guy wanted by the CIA or something? I mean, maybe. <laughs> there's, hey, there's plenty of escape convicts and guys uh, who are wanted because of their criminal activities. Mafia people? That's true. True. I feel like they would know how to navigate that. You would think. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> uh, there are plenty of cases that show they don't know, but, uh, yeah. I think the other part of it, too, is the, like... I, c I could also see the, like, what if, what aboutism mentality of, like, well, if it's a danger for you to be someplace, like... It's a danger for me to have people know where I am, too. Because then they, like, no, I'm not at home. They might break into my house. Gotcha. But, like, <laughs> come on. If they if that... they were going to do that, they're watching your house and your social media feeds anyways. Right, they'll just be watching your front door and watch you walk out of it. Like, if they're watching, their, if they're watching your social media feed, they know where you live already. And then they'd be like, I I know where you live. I'm just going to see what your daily work schedule is like. And then hit that Monday morning, like, you're on your commute. You're not home. It's going to take that Blu-ray player. <laughs> 2022 and we're stealing Blu-ray players. Hell yeah. <laughs> Physical media is where it's at. That's what we've learned this hour. 
So yeah. So yeah. Get over um, it. As RJ said, it's not about you. And uh, if that helps him feel safe, then I think you should encourage it. You John's know? phrasing is nicer. Yeah. Our next question. When do you become a grown-up? With the further details, not a legal adult, but like actual grown-up. I need an exact number. Um, I'm sorry 20... to inform you that <laughs> if you have to ask this question, you are not a grown-up yet. Yeah, if you get on the Forbes 30 under 30 list, I think you can consider yourself a grown-up. Ah, but fuck. other than that... <laughs> we got a bunch of babies around here, then. Yep. Everybody's a bunch of babies except for that Forbes 30 under 30. Only 30 people every year are grown-ups. The rest of us just gotta keep gunning. Or just trying to figure it out. <laughs> we got 30 years. 30 years to try and be considered an adult, and we're failing. And if you don't make it, then you've failed. You know? No, of course not. But, I don't know. It's kind of a choice. You know? Yeah. And it really is different from for everybody, right? Like, some people are... There are some very, very mature in the, like, I've seen a lot of shit and have had to handle a lot of shit and make very, like, reasonable adult decision, like, 14-year-olds. Who are very, very young. And on the flip side... young. They're tragically young. But on the flip side, they're, like, 50-year-olds who still act like they're teenagers. So, your mileage may vary. So, live your life. Be the best person you can be. We're looking for that... We're looking for that positive character growth. Yes. Because eventually... <laughs> that, that positive character growth, eventually you'll come to the realization, I am an adult. And it's okay. Real adults were the friends we made along the way. And they were all in a treasure chest at the top of the mountain. Yep. What were they doing in there? Who put them there? Adulting things. Uh, how do you feel about the like whole ad- adulting thing? Like... On the one, there, there's like a level of the whole like, oh, hashtag adulting, I'm adulting today, like kind of stuff that like, I can, I'm good with, I enjoy, tolerate, and there is some threshold I haven't precisely pinpointed yet where I go from, this is fine, to, you, this should not be celebrated in the way you're celebrating it. Mm, like, okay. I think it's like the level of like, I put socks on today, hashtag adulting, it's like, okay, c- come on. Well, that's just satire. But you get my point. (laughs) Hopefully, just satire. The satire is to make the point. Yeah. I don't know. I'm generally pretty okay with it. I've definitely used the expression myself. Um, Like I said, I'm generally pretty okay with it, but I've, I've started realizing there's like a threshold that like, I go from okay with it to, okay, come on. That's, that's a little, that's a little much. Be better than this, please. <laughs> we we know being an adult is hard. We're all trying to do the same thing, and we're all we want to celebrate small victories, but that that's a, that's maybe a little too small, and maybe a little too much of a basic expectation. It reminds me of there. So in swimming. There was a guy who was 
notorious for, like, dawdling and getting up to get drinks of water and walking around and not finishing his sets. And there was one day where, and of course, our coach was a Marine, former, like, na- former Navy SEAL kind of guy. So, like, I think he was a former Navy SEAL. Yeah. So, he was hardcore. He could still get in the water and destroy most of us. Uh, so, and he didn't, he was fed up. And we did a set, and the dawdler, like, comes in, and he's like, I did the set, coach! And coach is just like, great! You want me to reward you for what you're supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of like that, where it's like, if you're struggling, I recognize the struggle. If you're just choosing not to put the effort in and then want to be rewarded when you did the bare minimum you were supposed to be doing anyways. I don't know about that. Yeah. Like, it's the, it's a difference in effort, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think that's a pretty good line. Like, <laughs> Cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you're an adult. You know uh, that that's your answer. If you have to, if you have to ask, it's too late. Reality. The exact number is today, right now. Choose to be the grown up that you always knew you could be. Inside all of us, there is a little grown up trying to climb out our throats and scream. Oh 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 no! <laughs> Let him out. You know you want to. Oh no! <laughs> He's coming for all of us. He lives in our Adam's apple. Okay. <laughs> uh. Our next question. How would you react if a woman put her hand around your shoulder? With the further details. So me and this girl are colleagues and, I've no- and have known each other for a while. I was always skinny, but over the past couple of months I've gained some noticeable weight and muscle and have clearly bulked up a little. Anyway, while I was talking to someone else at work, this girl just leaned into closer to me and put her hand on my shoulder then she proceeds to comment on how much muscle i have in my arms and then says she only put her hands around my shoulder as an excuse to touch my arm am i in my own world if i think this is flirting or is she just being nice and friendly edit if that helps anything i'm definitely interested in her as more than a friend and she is well aware of that well to uh, quote casually explained uh you really can't tell <laughs> accurate <laughs> I would say probably yes. Yeah. I I would say probably flirting. But if it turns out it wasn't, you're not in uh you're not in like a danger zone if you treat it as such. As long as you got like a good responsible response to it, right? Yeah. And respectful. Cuz worst case scenario you're just like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood, but we're all good." And best case scenario, you go on a date. Congratulations. Congrats. Win win. This really just sounds like a want to express how swole you fucking are, so. Good job on pushing that plate. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how that worked out for them. Uh, I'd say it probably worked out all, all right. Worst case scenario, <laughs> pull- he's still swole, so. <laughs> To pull the curtain back on this for a little bit, this question has been on the docket for like a month and a half now. 
Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's a good thing I had these questions with the doc for a month and a half, though, because I did not get around to writing any show notes this week. Woo! COVID, y'all. But the show must go on. <laughs> Thank you for staying till the end of the episode to get our behind-the-scenes look. Behind-the-scenes look at uh, Better Buddies. We are not a professional production. This is an amateur production done as a hobby. But uh, the one grain of professionalism we do have is I have yet to miss a week since episode one uploaded. So uh, come hell, high water, vacation, or sickness, I have gotten an upload, and we will not miss one yet. The mail must get through. The mail must get through. To your gentle, to your podcast inbox, gentle listener. The great whale shall sing to the pod. <laughs> All right. I think we call it here for the week. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we're a little too far gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh. oh, that's okay. Well, we hope you enjoyed RJ and I riffing for an hour. We know we did. Various subjects, yeah. Uh, thank you for joining, John. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Thank you to the band Problem of, Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. We're also on social media, Facebook with our Meme Mondays, which I need to put more up, and our Icebreaker Questions, which I need to remember to upload. Our Twitter, at BetterBudCast, use the hashtag BetterBuddies, and our Twitter handle when you tweet about the show. Share out the episodes, it's great. And our Gmail account, BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war, icebreakers you want us to answer, or questions you need advice on. And... Last but not least, be a better buddy. So, we're going to talk to our fellow whales in our weekly transmission to the whole pod, right? Yes. 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 The whale, (laughs) praise the whale. Praise the whale. May he show his mercy and transmit our divine sound through his divine singing to the pod. Through his divine blowhole. Awooga, we say. Awooga. <laughs> uh, the crowd chants. Awooga. Awooga. <laughs> <laughs>